Welcome to the GeoMob podcast, where we discuss geo-innovation in any and all forms, be it for fun or profit. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the GeoMob podcast. Very excited today to have two-time GeoMob speaker, Jez Nicholson. He has been a longtime member of the GeoMob community in London, but he's here today to talk to us in his role as one of the directors of OSM UK, telling us exactly what is, what OSM UK is, and what they get up to. Jez, welcome. Why don't we start by introducing yourself? Yeah, hi Ed, thank you very much for having me on. So I, I do a lot of things. I, my day-to-day work is I do a lot of stuff with uh, property and house buying information. So uh, I do freelance work for people building stuff about flooding and land contamination, really boring things. But it's all the stuff like when you buy a house, your conveyancer gets for you. So if you've ever bought a house, you probably bought one of my reports. I haven't got well rich. I haven't got rich been doing it. I should have charged them by the report. But uh, <laughs> um, well, as the saying goes, three three important things in real estate: right? yeah. location, location, and location. So, so I also do like some random things as well. I uh, work for a company called Hello Lamp Post. They are they're connected with the uh, Run and Empire. I think they they spoke at GMob one time. Yes, about a couple of years I don't ago. Don't think you've had Hello Lamp Post on. No, well, no. Get them on. happy to have them in the future yeah. if you think it's interesting. And I do uh, stuff for a, a big restaurant in London, like all the wine sales and things, and some sort of social network for business executives. So, oh, wow, you're quite quite the Renaissance man yeah. here. All right, but I mean, most people know me know me personally from talking about open data, mainly from plaques and OSM UK, but. I'll try and stay focused on OSM UK today. Please. Well, we, you know, all worthy topics, but today let's go deep on OSM UK. So, so what exactly is OSM UK? What is its role? What, what is it? What, you're a director. What does that mean? Give us, give us the overview. Yeah. So OSM UK is, so it's the official local chapter of OpenStreetMap in the United Kingdom. I sort of see it as we represent the mappers themselves and also the map. So defending the data of the map and helping it along. We had a bit of discussion right at the beginning about what the UK actually is and what territory we cover. An evergreen question, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. Once you get some geographers in a room and you start saying, well, what, what does define Great Britain or define the UK? So what it boils down to is like mainland Britain, Northern Ireland, Isle of Man and Channel Islands. But we're sort of we're happy that there's some blurred edges there. You leave Gibraltar to fend for themselves. Uh, yeah, well, it, it sort of gets difficult. It, it, maybe it would have been easier if we'd <laughs> just done geographical and not done like UK, because the whole Northern Ireland thing came up with uh, OSM Ireland. And uh, we actually sort of share Northern Ireland with the OSM Ireland chapter, because they cover the whole island of Ireland. So, anyway. Well, Seems seems like a sensible solution. Yeah. So, and so, what do you do? What, what does OSM UK do exactly? Right. So we we're a community interest company, which first that means we're a legal entity, so uh, we could handle money safely without one of us directors running off with it or anything like that. So, firstly, there's a chance if people want to donate money to be to then go towards activities for the UK, that's an entity that can hold on to it and collect it for them. But we're also sort of something, a point of contact that companies would be able to talk to if they want to, so say, say they've got an idea for how to use the data and they don't know quite who to speak to to find out whether what they're doing is reasonable and valid and, and allowed. I find that 
sort of corporations and SMEs, they want to talk to another entity or a company, really. Not, not. Yes, very, very just true. Just we, we get this a lot. I'm, I'm also seeing. There's always these uh, articles coming out of OSM as at a crossroads, uh, and uh, those have been coming out for the last eight, nine years. But, um, but we are. I, th- I think we're sort of we're a bit more grown up now. The map data is being used seriously. You've got uh, Amazon directing the delivery vans with it. Facebook, when you're when you're using Facebook and you ask about a recommendation, it has a little map of where you are. That's OSM now. And of course, like Apple and Microsoft have their map products, which uh, use some OSM data. 13 years after OSM started, and we've sort of found need to have an entity to represent us and to maybe talk to these these bigger companies and uh, see how they're going to interact with the mappers themselves. It's a a little bit ironic because, of course, OSM started in the UK. In London, so yeah, yeah. So we're we're obviously super proud of that. It's it's uh, one of the things to sort of hark back to. But I mean, I, I'm sort of really sad that we don't get any recognition really from like UK government or anybody else, or maybe even the general public. They don't know that we exist. People use the map products. They see them. The results. I find increasingly. You know, people have kind of heard the term OpenStreetMap or, you know, have some vague concept of it, but often they don't really know what it means or they think it's just a website or, and of course, of course, the name is a bit confusing, right? Because it's it's more than just a map and it's more than just streets. But yeah, it's it's difficult. It's difficult. So, and so in that regard, I guess OSM UK, you guys try to, you know, be the, be the central point of contact then for people like companies and governments and things like that yeah yeah i mean i mean it's a big part of what you do we have to have like sort of a a light touch because we we don't own we don't own the uk map we're just sort of almost like a bit like a union really we're sort of like a a focal point to go and talk to the government so i managed to get us a, a short interview with the geospatial commission when they were uh, okay. finding out about stuff in the UK. And, and, and that's the sort of thing that's like, as an individual mapper, I probably wouldn't be able to get a foot in the door. But by being able to say, oh, I represent the, the mappers of the UK as this group. And, and then, then you've got- so, so you're a, OSM UK is a membership organization. So how many members do you have? And, and what's the model? They pay out some sort of annual... Membership fee or something, yeah, or, it, or how does there's it? A, there's a very, very small annual membership fee. We've got a, a, a couple of hundred members. Oh wow! I mean, th- there's a lot more mappers in the UK than that, but um, it's all sort of voluntary joining. So you, you don't get a lot for it other than being represented. But it's like if we if we don't exist, then you haven't got that that opportunity to have a voice with government gotcha. and companies and things like that. So we have five directors and we have a monthly call where we uh, discuss business. Yeah, so what so what are some of the activities that the organization gets up to? Yeah, so I mean I know you I know you have like the quarterly project and the micro grant program. Tell, tell us about some of those. Yeah. So we've got uh, the quarterly project is we find if, if you're just mapping and you're just doing general stuff, after a while it becomes very un- unfocused yeah, and there's not like a, a, a focus point for some of the activity. So we started this thing where we pick a subject for every four months 
to to do a big push on. It's not sort of like really fixed where you have to go to this system, you have to do this activity. It's more like, okay, we're focusing on the next four months be about schools. Right. Try and do what you can about schools. Then what happens is maybe someone builds a bit of software that pulls in a list from a government list of open data about where all the schools are, and then we can cross-reference to see whether some are missing. And so tools get built during the quarterly project. And it also helps us sort of see what what people are interested in. So one of those was I met somebody from the the food hygiene government department. You know, they do All right, you 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 actually presented about this at Geomob, yeah. I think uh, maybe about a year ago, right? So so they they do the schools on the doors, the the how many stars you get for for food hygiene of of your your restaurant or your takeaway. So that's all open data. And that would give us a chance to see what our coverage is in the UK of all of the pubs, bars, restaurants by linking the two together. Gotcha. So that's the sort of thing rather than just go off and build that ourselves. It's like, well, throw it open to the group and see see what uh, mappers as a whole in the country can do with it. I see. So you're kind of herding the cats in one direction. You could say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as with most of the stuff we do, we, we, we try and like keep a light touch with it and not really like telling people what to do. It's more just like, okay, let's go in this direction and see what happens. What about the, um, you also run a micro grant program. So give us, give us some details yeah, on that. Yeah, so we've started doing micro grants. That was in the last six months or so. Occasionally do bits of work outside to generate money. So we mapped a, a university campus and gave them some training. And uh, one of our directors did that, uh, Brian Prankle. And, and he, so he don donated the, uh, the funds of that to uh, OSN UK. So and this was because the, the university had contacted you yeah, asking yeah. for help with this? Yeah, yeah. All right, so okay. that, was, that was like, because we were an entity, they were able to say, oh, hang on, have you got somebody who can come and map our new campus for us? And it's like, yes, we Fantastic. have. So now we've got some, a little bit of money, handing that out in small grants to, uh, to boost anything to do with increased OSM activity and about outreach to the community. So is there something that you would do to get more of the general public involved with OSM or understanding what it is? Right. So uh, we... Our, our first main grant went to uh, Alex, who does OSM Bexhill. So, oh yes, of course. Yeah, so we helped him to with some of the money towards a, a camera, a three D camera for doing mapillary, uh, street view photography of Bexhill. But he he also works with a number of sort of open history groups and things like that. So mm. uh, he's going to get them involved in doing street photography and mapping their area. So introducing them to open street maps sort of in a, in a gentle way. That's fantastic. I often think there, there, there are all these groups out there that are so active in their community, be it, as you say, history groups or like the scouts or whatever, you know, or schools. And there must be a way to activate these existing groups, you know, and better get them to maintain their local area. Yeah. Um, but obviously, it's, it's it's work. It's work. You know, it's it's hard educational work. So there are more sort of apps and things. Fun, things like Street Complete are making it a little bit more approachable for the general public to to feedback some sort of micro tasks of fixing stuff or adding to the data. I quite like the ID editor. I think that's much more approachable now 
for for your normal person in the street to be able to use. But I still think they find it a bit daunting. Yeah, I, well, I just think people, you know, your average person is so used to a world where they just consume content that, that you know, you buy a newspaper, you read the newspaper. Yeah. yeah, it's not you create the newspaper. So yeah, that is a bit daunting. So maybe, maybe a, a, as time when we have as we have a generational change, people who grew up with the internet, grew up with mobile. You know, yeah. maybe the, maybe things will switch. But tell us, thing I wanted to make sure we had time to talk about is the the talent pool program. Yeah, tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so this is sort of a, a way for us to help um, small developers, uh, mappers in the UK, to maybe earn some money from what they do and help small companies or medium-sized companies if they want work done. I'm talking more probably about software systems. So people come along and say, uh, I've got a mapping system. I, we had someone, they, uh, they put all the map V2 bombs from the Second World War. They wanted to map all of those. So they were like, do you know a developer that could build this for us? Hmm. So the talent pool, we have a, a list of people that will check out a lead, talk to the, the inquirer and help them to sort of work it up into, is this actually something that needs some a developer to work on it is it possible how would you how would you word this so that somebody knew what what you wanted them to to build for you gotcha and then we like pass on basically qualified leads to anybody on the list right so it's kind of a, a clearinghouse for open street map freelancers yeah. so to speak yeah i guess didn't really feel does that get good good usage does that get good uptake i mean are there a lot of requests coming in or it, it was doing all right before lockdown so all right as soon as lockdown kicked in, I, I think everybody reviewed all their projects and uh, anything that was like a side thing, it sure. just cut straight away. So we're hoping that will that'll come back again in the in the new year, twenty twenty one. Well, let's hope so. Yeah. Let's hope so. Well, speaking of which, what are what are the plans for OSM UK in twenty twenty one? What are what are kind of the main goals? So we're constantly sort of reviewing what we're doing because. Uh, well, basically, we're making it up as we go along because you, know, you have to try things out and see what works and what doesn't. The stuff that has been working well is the is the lobbying, the talking to corporates, talking to people like the Open Data Institute. We, we're quite good contact with them now, and Open Data Manchester. So more of that. The micro grant program is uh, we'd like to do more micro grants, and uh, and I think the talent pool is going to be have a revival. A bit of a life pump back into it. So I mentioned the the ODI. That that was one that worked really well for us because they were interested in open geodata yeah. and and government. So we sort of helped them a bit and answered questions and uh, uh, schmoozed them a bit. And then the then they wanted to come to uh, State of the Map to find out more. So uh, we sort of encouraged, oh, really? encouraged them to do that. And they ended up doing like a grant program which was uh, public-private. Basically, like, SMEs had to team up with a local council to build a system based on open geodata. And of hmm. course, OpenStreetMap was, like, head of the list for open geodata. But it meant that sort of money was pumped into some projects to experiment with how maybe councils, councils could save money by putting the data into OSM. Using OpenStreetMap. Yeah. So Falkirk Council did one where uh, all of their... All the places you can go and get services like, um, so say I haven't got a computer at home, where would I go 
to get internet time, you go to the local library. Normally, the councils would build their own information about that. It's like, well, why not store that in OpenStreetMap as the data source? And then you can pull, mm. pull it out and then you're openly sharing. Sure. Makes sense. They used to be scared of doing that because they'd go, oh, no, I don't want to put my information into OpenStreetMap because somebody else might edit it and, and spoil right. my information. And um, we're sort of past, past that point now. People don't say that anymore. People are, like, happy that their stuff will be maintained and someone corrected if, if the situation changes. Well, that, that's good to hear that there's a, a shift in thinking happening. Mm. I, you know, I, I, I think that's... Long term, that's really what we need. We need, of course, the the vibrant hobbyist community, but you also need organizations, you know, be it businesses, be it local government, be it academic institutions. You know, we need to all get on, get working together. Yeah, I'm a bit torn. I don't want to make it all about money, but but still, like, um, there is an ecosystem out there, and the OSM is a is a giant ecosystem of tiny developers, big developers, large corporates, and something like that talent pool makes makes just an extra little flow of money, projects, things happening. So if we could manage to do more things like that, that that would be great. Well, we, we should we should mention, of course, that OSM UK. You have, of course you have individuals members, but there is also a corporate membership tier. Well, yes, is that right? Yes, and, um, so. the uh, so it is a way, an easy way for companies that want to engage with the community and their their annual membership. Then I guess goes to support projects like this. Yeah. So, so. Um, part of that is uh, we want people to use the data to feel involved with it and part of it so and it's if you're if you're a corporate member you're you're giving back to the community because like any money will get spent on micro grants and things like that and possibly i mean it can open doors as well because if we're talking to to government or it's like we, we were contacted by uh transport for london about their cycling data so right. uh, if if we know that you're involved in cycling for OpenStreetMap, then we can make sure that you're you're you get in, introduced and you get involved in the uh, in the conversation, which, which, well, which we're able to. So so I think more of those sort of uh, making connections for people and making things happen is, is is what we're about, and that's sort of where it's more that's where it's more effective. We get some actual results from less. Less effort, more result. I, I encourage all listeners out there who, who work at companies that use OpenStreetMap or, or want to use OpenStreetMap or to, to become members. It's a, it's a very low effort way to get start getting involved and start giving back. So, And I'm, of course, proud to say that my own company is a corporate member. So get involved, please. All right, Jess, well, let's, let's wrap up a little bit. But before, before we close out, and while I did want to talk about OSM UK, I would, of course, be remiss not to, since I have you here, to get you talking about your Open Plaques project. So tell us very briefly about, about that project and what you do there. Yeah. Well, which, which you presented at GeoMob, I think, uh, three, four years ago. I or did. So. I did. So, um, yeah, this is, this is like the project that will never die. We, uh, I did a, um, a hack day in, um, it was Yahoo Open Hack in 2009. So I did that with a couple of other people and uh, we wanted to have some, a nice little geo data set to play with. Everything you had to pay for. So we were like, well, let's, let's make our own. Let's generate our own. And um, I, they, where I lived in Brighton, there was, there's a blue plaque to Charles Dickens because he used to visit 
one of the houses. And I was like, oh, there we are. We've got information. Sure. It's on the right. outside of buildings. You can see it. So we could collect it and we can stick it on a map and make things. So now I am inadvertently like a world expert on, on blue plaques and have the largest database in the world of them. Uh, cool. How many How many blue plaques are there in your database? I mean, roughly. I, I can tell you, tell you almost exactly. Well, in, in the UK, there are 15,400. Well done, well done. And so this is a, a crowdsourced database or how does it, how does it work? Yeah, it's a, it's a combination of crowdsourced. I do a lot of the crowdsourcing, I can say. I'm assuming you haven't entered 15,000, though. I mean, you know. No, no. So quite a lot. There are various lists on, on council websites where they put them up. There are oh, I see. hundreds of different groups who put these things up. I mean, it's like when, when I first started, I, you think like it's English heritage. They put those, the famous ones in London. Right. And like they do, they've in charge of like 900, but there's 15,000 in total in just Wait, in so, the UK. Wait, so anyone can just stick a blue plaque on their, on their yeah, house or what? Yeah, it's, it's not regulated or anything, but so it's one of those things that everybody thinks, oh, I must apply to an authority to be allowed to do it. It's like, if it's your house, if you own the freehold, huh. you can, but I mean, a plaque itself, it costs a few hundred quid. So gotcha. uh, if you want to do it as a joke, you probably don't want to spend like four or 500 quid on a joke. So uh, that, that's what keeps them generally. But if, if, if someone famous lived in your house and, and you were particularly proud of it, you can have a sign made and stick it outside. And lots of people wow. have. And lots of your your tr- fan groups. You're triggering from- lots of ideas here. Because <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, very, very cool project. I encourage everyone to check it out. It's at openplax.org. And of course, we'll get the uh, get that in the show notes. So um, and uh, what, so what do people use it for? I mean, is it just browsing people, you know, use it to just kind of see what's in their area or, or what kind of feedback do you get? Yeah, I, I think people are just very, very proud of, of their local area. And, and it sort of teaches me that like that, that sense of place of your area of town or your city knowing the history about it and um i mean people use the location data so i've had like people who are runners plan their route to go and take photographs of, of plaques as they go around well yeah or for a, for a walking tour or something yeah. could be very interesting we provide sure. it to walking tour and and we we give away the data as well because it's all open data and it's uh, it's used by a number of projects around the world there's a thing called findery which was part of uh, the people who made Flickr originally. They now make that, so they use our data. I mean, the data itself, uh, I provide it to the audience survey indirectly. It's in their uh, cool. it's in their point of interest database. So, uh, so I, I very nice. Congrats! Actually, made data which included an in audience survey product. <laughs> well, done. well done. And Google have snapped. All right, there. very cool. Well, let's wrap up then, Jess. Of course, we, we need to close with our uh, our final traditional question. As a, as a longtime Geomob attendee, multiple Geomob speaker, share with us any any favorite Geomob moments that you want to look back on or, or reflect on or any memories that stand out? As a, as a two-time speaker, I'm, I'm still trying to find the, uh, the perfect combination to actually win because I haven't managed to win the, uh, the vote yet. So, uh, um, and, and, uh, so I'm always fascinated by just basically every 
project that happens because there's so much variety and so much variety in, in how they presented. Yeah, that's the thing. You never know who you're going to be up against, right? And you could have a great talk, but you know, there's some some strange talk on the evening might captivate the imagination yeah. a bit better. So uh, I, I, I normally just wait for Stephen Feldman to ask them uh, what their business model is. So that's normally my favorite oh. moment. <laughs> <laughs> I think he stopped doing that. Now, Very nice. <laughs> no, no, of course, business model is still important. Yeah. So it's become a bit of a tradition. <laughs> anyway, very nice. Hopefully, we'll soon be we'll soon be back in face to face geo mobs in the near future. Yeah. So, Jez, how can people get in touch with you if they if this has triggered any uh, any questions or if they want to learn more about OSM UK? What, what's the best way for them to reach well, out? Well, there's the osmuk.org website is the main contact point we're on twitter as well uh quite active in that we're always on the the talk gb mailing list so any conversations on there is also will be picked up by osm uk and if you've got a blue plaque then openplaques.org very nice jess thanks so much for coming by to talk with us and um keep up the good work at osm uk my best wishes to you and all of your colleagues and, uh, you know, it's a long, slow, steady process, but it's great. The OSM keeps growing and, and uh, gets becomes more integral to, to all kinds of interesting projects. So um, keep it up. Great. Thank you very much. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today and listening to the GMOP podcast. Hopefully you've enjoyed the discussion. Please don't hesitate if you have any feedback for us or any suggestions for topics that we should cover in the future. You can get the show notes over on the website, which is at thegeomob.com. While you're there, if you're not yet on the mailing list, please do get on the mailing list where we once a month send out an email announcing future events, summarizing past events, and just generally sharing uh, events that you may find of interest. You can also, of course, follow us on Twitter, where our handle is geomob. You can follow Stephen at Stephen Feldman. You can follow me at Fryfogel. You can check out Mappery at mappery.org. And of course, if you need any geocoding, please check out my service, which is opencagedata.com. We look forward to you joining us again at a future episode, and of course, seeing you at a future GeoMop event. Hope to see you there soon. Bye.